Thank you, Pastor Shane, for letting me preach. Uh, just praise God that he called me to do something like this. I don't deserve to do this. I was given two weeks to prepare, but he decided to wait till Friday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Friday evening, I, was, uh, I wasn't having a very good day. I work was, it was getting on my last nerve, if you could say. Uh, and some plans went on, or cha some plans changed. I was supposed to go to my dad's on Friday, but it ended up being Saturday, so I was able to go to the college activity. But I got there after the activity was over, so I was a little upset about that. But then I was sitting there at the activity, and I was just thinking to myself, uh, and most of you know I don't talk that much. I'm uh, not a, a talker, and I wish I was a talker, but I, I got to work on that. And I was just thinking to myself, I was just thinking, why am I here? Uh, if I don't, I don't talk to people. I am just sitting in this corner over here by myself, and I don't communicate. And I was just, it put me in a really, really depressing mood that night. And that's when God gave me this message. And uh, I'd hope it'd be a blessing to you that it was to me. And so we'll begin in verse th 11 of chapter 3. And, or verse 10. It says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel? out of Egypt. And let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for letting me be up here, Lord, to preach, Lord. Lord, I pray that you give me the words that you would have me to say. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing up here, Lord. Lord, just be with me, Lord. Please do what you called me, or help me do what you've called me to do, Lord. You called me into the ministry, Lord, and I pray that you will be with me through it. Lord, bless this message and bless the service, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, the first three chapters of Exodus, we are starting in the life of Moses. And just to summarize everything that's happened in the first three chapters, uh, it's a few hundred years after Joseph has been in Egypt and the children of Israel are multiplying and growing at a really fast rate. And so Pharaoh notices this, and he is fearful of it. And so he, uh, he commands that any of the Hebrew children that are boys would be put to death or killed. And so in chapter 2, Moses is born, a young Hebrew boy. And he's supposed to be killed, but his parents, his mother, uh, has you know, him put into the river and just see if he's okay. And he, they send him off down the river and uh, Pharaoh's daughter finds him. It's like, out of all the people that you'd want to find your little boy, it'd be the daughter of Pharaoh. And so she finds him and decides to raise him. She names him Moses because she drew him out of the water. And so for the next 40 years, Moses is raised in royalty. He has probably the best life. Egypt was one of the top powers in that day. Uh, 
So he'd, ha he'd have all the riches that he would have ever desired. He would have had the best education. And he decides that he, wouldn't, he doesn't want that, and he'd want rather be with the children of Israel. And so he, he looks upon their burdens, it says in chapter, verse 11 of chapter 2, and says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew one of his brethren. And continuing down that chapter, you'll see that Moses kills the Egyptian and tries to hide him, but it doesn't work out too well for him, and he's found out, and then he decides to flee to the land of Midian, and he stays there for the next 40 years. And so... 40 years later, when we get to chapter 3, or 80 years total, when we get to chapter 3, Moses is 80, and he's in the back desert with his father-in-law Jethro's flock, and he stumbles upon a burning bush. And if you're the average person and you see a burning bush, you're, just, you're seeing a bush that's burning, but it, it's just it's not being consumed. You'd walk over there. And... All Moses is hearing, or all Moses hears is Moses, Moses. So just imagine if you would be in your backyard and your, your favorite flower bush was on fire and it was still there but it was like flames around it and you were walking towards it and it just says your name twice. Uh, that would freak me out. But Moses, he says, here am I. And uh, God explains to him who he is he, uh, he wastes no time at all telling him why he's there. He tells Moses down in verse 10, it says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And verse 11 says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so, I just want to look at... Uh, the title of my message is Who Am I? And I just want to look at like who we are as man, like as mankind, as human beings that God has created us. Uh, Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen, shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And then, uh, if you would turn to Romans 1. Start reading verse 18 down to 32. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed unto it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worship and serve the cre creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, 
For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, spiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, and merciful of God, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Romans 1, I don't know what gets me out of it. it. I love reading it to remind me what mankind really is, what we were born in, the, or the inheritance of sinful man. And I want you just to keep that in mind uh, for later in the message, what man really is. So, so for the task that God has given him, uh, Moses, he says, Come now, therefore, and I'll send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my children, my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And so this task, there, it requires two things. It requires faith and speech. And once uh, God is done explaining the task that he has for Moses, Moses makes his first excuse in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, or it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And and Moses didn't believe it was possible that the children of Israel would believe him. Who am I? I was raised an Egyptian. Why would he appear unto me? These are the words I'm saying, of course. Uh, I ran away from home. What Hebrew would believe a man like that? We can get the same way with our faith as well. You may have been a drinker or been the wickedest person around, and if and when you got saved, no one believed that you were serious for God or may have thought you were joking. But when God came to you and you got saved, it didn't matter what you did in your past or how you were raised. He saved you and he called you and had a specific task for you to do. All you need to do is believe him. And so when Moses didn't think that God would, uh, when Moses didn't think the children of Israel would believe him, he, God had to show Moses his power uh, with the rod. And if you recall, in 1 Corinthians 1.22, it says, for the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks have, seek after wisdom. God had to prove himself to the children of Israel through Moses. And it's our job to prove God to the world through his word. Second excuse that Moses comes up with is that is the way he speaks. In verse 10 of chapter 4, it, verse 10 in chapter, or verse 13, it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Verse 13 says, And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And I'm a lot like Moses in this passage though I hate to admit it. I'll ask God why he 
chose to call me for this when I, I'm not a good speaker at all. And he, he gives Moses this response in verse 11 and 12. And he says, And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And just, just an amazing two verses to remind us that God, even though we, I can't speak, even though if you don't have the words, certain times God will teach you what you need to say, and he will be with you when you say it, whenever you say it. And so God got angry at Moses for making the excuse, and he says in verse 14 through 17, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of the mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God, and thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. All I can say to that is, God, God doesn't need us. He doesn't need any of us, but he cho- chooses to use us. And if you're unwilling to follow God in what he wants you to do, then he has no problem finding else, someone else to do it. And that's what he, exactly he did with Aaron. And if you, if you read through the entire book of Exodus, uh, you'll see how God kept that promise he made to Moses, that he'd be with their mouth, and how he was with them through it all and led the children out of Israel. Just, so just let me ask you something. Uh, who am I? Do I have a faith like Moses after God appeared to him to go and share his word to the world? I'm a wicked sinner, worthy of death and hell, but because of the faith and trust I placed in Jesus Christ six years ago, on June 11, 2015, I am no longer going to that place called hell. And now God can be with me and with my mouth and teach me what I ought to say as I follow him. The biggest question I want you to ask yourself is, who am I? Moses didn't believe God at first. and didn't think he could be of any use to the Lord with his speech. But if you look at the end of his life, he was used greatly by God for having faith in God and eventually became bolder with his speech. Just a final thought. If you're not saved today, let me tell you that you need to be saved. If I wasn't saved, I would not be up here right now. I, would, I don't know where I would be. No, it wouldn't be good. So I just, if you're not saved, then get saved, and I pray that you get saved. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach up here, Lord. I pray that you'll give me words to say each time I'm able to do this, Lord, and that I get better, Lord. I pray that you'll use me, Lord, greatly. In your name I pray. feet with our heads bowed and eyes closed. God does want to use us. A lot of times we, we give excuses like Moses gave excuses. We'll, 
We're really good at giving excuses. We're really good at telling God why we can't be used, why we're no good. But in reality, God wants to use you. God wants to use people in the ministry. Maybe there's something that God wants you to do, but you're struggling with submitting to it. Allow God to use you. Just submit to him. Give him first place in your life. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts as only you can. Father, you know each and every person in this room. God, I pray that if there's one here that does not know you as their personal Savior this evening, God, I pray that they would put their faith and trust in you. But God, secondly, you know every believer in this room. And God, maybe you're touching someone's heart to surrender to the ministry tonight. And maybe you want to use some young person, maybe even some, someone who's older. As we've seen in Moses' life, God, that he was, he was 80 years old when he had surrendered. And God, you used him mightily. God, I pray that you would just touch hearts as only you can. Help us to be submissive to whatever you would have us to do. Maybe it would be so simple, God, as teaching a Sunday school class. Maybe it would be so simple as working on the van route or singing in the choir or even witnessing to our neighbor. But God, without a doubt, if we're breathing tonight, you have a purpose for our life. And you have something that you want to accomplish through us. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be submissive to you in whatever you want. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With our heads bowed and eyes closed as a piano plays, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Maybe God wants you to do something. Maybe he's calling you to preach. Maybe he wants you to teach a class. Maybe he wants you to get involved in a ministry. Maybe there's something uh, simple that he wants you to do that you're holding back and you're saying, God, I don't think I can do it. The truth of the matter is we can't do anything without God's help. That's the truth of the matter. Whatever the need, the altar's open.